progress. Okay, so we're up to the beginning of Daf Ayin Zayin Amit Aleph. Uh, the Mishnah says like this. It's a, it's a Mishnah. It's quoting a Mishnah. Tanahasim. The Mishnah says, "Mafirin nedarim b'shabes." A husband is allowed to annul vows. Again, if a woman makes a vow, there's two different methods. There's the husband annulling him, and there's going to a rav for hataras nedarim. The halacha is that a husband is allowed to nullify vows on Shabbos. Now. Okay, v'nishalim, and could you go to a rabbi to do ataris in the Dharam on Shabbos? Again, the husband can nullify vows on Shabbos. The question is, could you go to a rabbi on Shabbos? V'nishalim l'nadarim shein l'tzara Shabbos. You're allowed to go if the vow is affecting her Shabbos. Meaning, if she made a vow, she's not going to travel, whatever, you can't go to a rabbi on Shabbos. But if the vow is, I'm not going to eat food, and that's affecting her own Shabbos, then you're allowed to do ataris in the Dharam on Shabbos. Now, um, I think the, the, the basic reason why we're more strict by Hatar Sadarim than the husband nullifying, there's really no issue on Shabbos to do any of this. Like, what's the problem? It's not one of Lamatas Malachas. I think the Cheshbon is on Shabbos, we don't have court cases. Right? We don't have court cases on Shabbos. I think it's a rabbinic prohibition he might come to write. So the question is is Hatar Sadarim, it kind of looks like a court case. As we're going to see, it doesn't have the halachas of a court case. You can do atar sadarim with relatives. You see Erev Rosh Hashanah, you could do it, you know, standing up, sitting down. It's like it doesn't have the same standard halachas of a court case, but because it's close enough, the Rabbanon were machmer. But because it's not really usher, the Rabbanon are mekel if the vow is necessary for Shabbos. If it's necessary for Shabbos, they'll fine. If it's not related to Shabbos, then it's too similar to a court case that we're just going to tell you to come back after Shabbos. Okay. Ibayilu so we said before, a standard halacha that the husband could be made for nedarim on Shabbos. The question is, can the husband be made for nedarim that are not related to Shabbos at all? Meaning when it comes to ataris nedarim, you can only do ataris nedarim when it's related to Shabbos. It sounds like the husband could just be made for every nether. The question is, could he be made for nedarim that have no shaykhs to Shabbos b'chalal? The woman says she's not going to travel. Can the husband be made for nedarim? You mean on Shabbos? Yeah. See, The question is, can the husband nullify vows that are not related to Shabbos? So, again, there's nothing wrong with the husband nullifying vows. The question is, is it too similar to Atar Sadarim, which is similar to a court case? So, how machmer are we? So, Tashima, the Tani Rav Zuti, the Bey Rav Papi, ain't mafir nedarim el Shabbos. He says, you're only allowed to do it if it's related to Shabbos. If it's not related to Shabbos, the husband is not allowed to nullify vows on Shabbos. So, I'm Rav Ashi, Halaytanahachi. Rav Ashi says, what are you talking about? That's not true. Again, according to who's this Rav Papi, you're only allowed to do hot. Uh, the husband's only allowed to nullify vows, annul the vows, if it's related to Shabbos. But if it's not related to Shabbos, then you wait. Ravashi says, it's not what the Mishnah says. Now what did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah didn't say it about this, but the Mishnah said like this. Nadra im chashecha mevrla actually techshach. I'll tell you outside, then we'll see it inside. The Mishnah said, the Mishnah was describing how the husband can nullify vows for that halachic day. Not 24 hours, but that halachic day. So the Mishnah said, that could be a lot of time, that could be a little bit of time. What's the case if it's a little time? She makes the neder right before Shalshadis, like right, right before the end of Shabbos. So he only has an hour. Let me ask you a question. If you're telling me that he could only nullify vows, right, for that hour he can nullify vows. If he could only nullify vows, things that are related for Shabbos, what type of vow could you make the last hour of Shabbos that will really affect your Shabbos? You're not going to eat, you're not going to drink? Okay, so you already ate and drank for 23 hours, that's enough. Meaning, the fact that the mission is saying that she makes a nether the last 10 minutes of Shabbos, and the husband can nullify, what type of nether the last 10 minutes really affects on Shabbos? Okay, but then, I'm saying, but if you're telling me that he's allowed to nullify all vows, fine, shine, then he's allowed to nullify. But if you tell me he's only allowed to nullify vows that are interfering with Onik Shabbos, the last 10 minutes, what type of nether could you make that really is interfering? Whatever Onik Shabbos, you've already fulfilled. 
So the, the Mishnah said, And if you're telling me that the husband can nullify vows, only things that are related to Onik Shabbos, then what are you talking about the last hour, even the whole day? If she makes a ned there Shabbos morning after the meal that she's not going to eat, so it's like, okay, so you ate enough. It's like a... You know what I'm saying? The fact that the Mishnah, the fact that the Mishnah basically gives an allowance for that day of Shabbos doesn't sound like it has to be related to Shabbos. Because if it's related to Shabbos, the Mishnah should say, 10 minutes before Shabbos is not allowed to do Atar Sadarim. Why? Because what type of thing? What type of nether could you make? The last man, 10 minutes of Shabbos that's related to Shabbos. That again, you can make things related, but it's it's it doesn't really interfere with the Onik Shabbos because you've already had Onik Shabbos. So it must be, it sounds like for the Mishnah just mutter. So the Gemara says Tanoi, the truth. Until Shkia. That's the point. So an hour before Shkia, you have an hour left. So what, what type of nether could you make that's related to Shabbos, that's interfering with your own Shabbos for the last hour? It must be, it must be that it's, it's, it's an absolute heter. So we have a machloikes amiroyim, whether a husband is allowed to nullify vows on Shabbos that are not related to Shabbos. So the Gemara says, Tanoi. The truth is, it's a machloikes Tanoi. What's the machloikes Tanoi? Hafar sedarim kol yoyim, Rav Yehudah, we had this yesterday. How long does a husband have to nullify vows? So the Tanakhama says that halachic day. Rav Lazar Shimon say 24 hours. So the Gemara feels this machloikas will tell you whether you're allowed to nullify vows that are not related to Shabbos. I'll say it outside. Here's the deal. Shabbos morning, you, may, you made a vow that's not related to Shabbos. Can you nullify? If you hold, you have 24 hours, you could just wait till Shabbos is over easily, then wait till Shabbos is over. If you feel that you could only nullify vow for that halachic day, then by the time Shabbos is over, it's too late, then we'll allow it. So the question is whether you can nullify vows that are not related to Shabbos on Shabbos. The answer is it depends. If you hold that you have 24 hours and you can go past Shabbos, then just nullify it after Shabbos. If you hold that you only have until the end of Shabbos, then... No, it just means that chazal are more... I mean, the question is, are chazal strict to not allow you to nullify vows that are not related to Shabbos? The answer is, it depends. If you can go past Shabbos and still nullify the vows, meaning you have 24 hours, then Chazal are not going to be mekel, be machmer, wait till after Shabbos. Taking away the power of the father and the husband. What do you mean? They're, they're not. They're saying, just wait. You have to wait. But on Shabbos, you only have until... After Shabbos, then you, you could... You don't have to after Shabbos. Then, then you could nullify vows. Because you're taking away the power. Correct. Exactly. Oh, okay, interesting. That's a good point. What is the problem? I think the problem is that Hataras Nadarim is similar to a court case, which we don't do. We don't have court cases on Shabbos. That's it's similar. So Hataras Nadarim, the question is, is nullifying a vow close to Hataras Nadarim? I think that's that. That's how I understand it of what the Shaila is. Again, or, or, or maybe I, I didn't check that. I couldn't find it. Um, perhaps maybe it, it has to do with tikkun. But I don't think so. Both with tikkun, you're not fixing anything. I think it has to do with how close is it to a Hataras Nadarim, which is close to a court case. So it's really mutter. It's just a question of how much, how chazal, are, how uncomfortable are chazal allowing a husband to nullify vows and shabbos. So, what does Eishav do? There's fights in the house and all. That's a drasha. That's a. That's a. That's a. That's a, that's a, that's a is talking about fire. I know, but. No, no, that, that's not. That's okay. That's not what Lukuth and Miranda does. Lisa Varoish is not. It, it, it's, 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 no. Well, there's a, there's an Issa Derisa to fight on Shabbos because of Lisa Varoish. 
The Shaila is like this. We said that you're allowed to go to a rabbi to do Ataris and Dharam on Shabbos if the Nadarm are related to Shabbos. Meaning, if it's a Nadar that's affecting her own Shabbos. So she made a Nadar, or he made a Nadar, uh, I'm not going to eat. Then you can go to a rabbi to do Ataris and Dharam. The question is, is that because it's, it's it's related to your own Shabbos? So you're you were, we're being made all that on Shabbos the Rav can do at Tarsadan. The question is, is what are you talking about? No, that's not the point at all. I want to make this clear. Oneg is a mitzvah, a mitzvah medivra kabbal to have Oneg Shabbos. There's no real iser of going to Tarsadan. So Chazal were makel for the sake of Shabbos. I don't think it has to do with arguments. Even if both couples are very happy to not have food on Shabbos, we would still be mekel because we want them... We, it's for Shabbos' sake. It's not for the Shalom's sake. Um, now, he, see, here's the deal. So the Shaila is like this. Are you allowed to go to a rabbi to do Atar Sadaram only if you couldn't go before Shabbos? Meaning, you have a nedda that's related to Shabbos. It's affecting your own Shabbos. So we said you can go to a rabbi to do Atar Sadaram. The question is, is that only true if you couldn't get to him before Shabbos? I don't know, you didn't know about it, you didn't know the halachas, he wasn't in town. What if you could have gotten him Thursday? And you're just like, nah, I'll go on Shabbos. The question is, how, how strict are Chazal? Are they only makel if it's your first opportunity to do it? Or they're like, no, we're makel on Shabbos, even if you could have done it before. Again, it has to do with how usher is it to do Atar Zadarm. The answer is not really. It's just that it looks like it's a court case. But it's not actually a court case, because as we're going to see in a moment, you can have relatives be on the Bezdin. As we do Erev Shoshana. So it's not... So the question is, like, how strict are they with this? So the Gemara says, The question is, are we makel when you didn't have time? Only when you didn't have time? Or no, you could have gone to the rabbi Thursday, and you're just like, yeah, I'll go with them Shabbos. The question is, because it's easy, it's convenient, I'll, I'll see him in shul anyway, can I just do that? So the Gemara says, is The Rabbanon were remove the vow of the son of Rav Zutra, the son of Rav Zira, even though he could have gone to him before Shabbos. Meaning, he could have gone to him Erev Shabbos, but he went on Shabbos and they were Mekel. So they were Mekel. Okay. Okay. Now, when it comes to doing Atar Siddharm, which we're saying is allowed on Shabbos, if it's related to owning Shabbos, there's two ways to do it. You could have a me- three members of a Bezdin, or you could have a Yochan Mumcha, which is a, a, a singular Rav, who's a tremendous Tamachacham, he could do it. The question is, is there any difference in Halacha regarding going to him on Shabbos between three and one? So the Gemara says, Savar of Yosef Meimar of Yosef originally thought, Nishal Menedarim B'Shabbos B'Yochan Mumcha, in B'Shleshet Yedislai. Rav Yosef originally thought that we'll be makel to go to a singular Rav who's a big Tamachacham, and he'll do Atar Zadarim, but you cannot go to a Bezdin of three, of three uh, not such learned uh, Rabbanim. Why? Because Mishim Demirsi Kadina, he felt that, again, the whole problem is optics. That's the whole problem here. There's no actual halachic problem. It's just that it looks like you're making a Bezdin, which you're not supposed to make a Bezdin on Shabbos. So Rav Yosef thought, if it's three people together, no good. I, it's the exact same thing as one Tamachacham. The answer is, yeah, but from an optics perspective, one Tamachacham doesn't look like a Bezdin. Three, it looks like you're convening a Bezdin. So if Yosef originally thought that you're not allowed to have three people be mekel hataris adarim on Shabbos, you could only go to a yachad momcha. Because again, from an optics perspective, you felt three doesn't look good. It looks like you're making a Bezdin. But then the Gemara says, Amalei Abaya, Abaya responded, no. Kivan de Svirilon, afilu mu'umid, afilu bekroivim, afilu belayla, leimis chazik adina. Abaya said, nobody thinks 
that three members of a Bezdin of Atar Sadarim is the same as sitting down for a monetary case uh, or lashes, whatever it is. Well, lashes a Shiloh, it's 323, but a monetary case. Nobody thinks that that. Why? He says, you could do Atar Sadarim with three people. You could do it at night, which you're not allowed to do a court case at night. You could do it standing up, which is not normally done. You could do it, um, you could do it with relatives. All of this makes it makes people realize that Hatar Sadarim is not a court case. And therefore, I understand there's a premise that it's not good optics, but but three is fine. You don't have to go to a Yachid Mumcha. Everyone knows that three members of Bezdin is not a classical Bezdin because you could have relatives. You could have uh, standing sitting. You could have it at night. So it doesn't really look like a Bezdin anyway. Amar Rav Abba, Amar Rav Huna, Amar Rav Halacha. Rav said, Mafirin Nidarim Balaila. You could do Ataris, you could do um, um, the husband can nullify vows at night. Okay. Um, meaning it, it doesn't work at all like any other court case. The husband can nullify vows at night. So the Gemara says, Hamastisan he, well, yeah, it's pretty posh. First of all, a husband is definitely not a Bezdin. Like, that, it's not working with a Bezdin at all. The fundamentals of a husband is that there's that cause that the husband can nullify the vows. And he nullifies it like, so, so. He said you could nullify vows at night. Yeah, of course. First of all, it's poshit, because why not? Also, what did the Mishnah say? When the Mishnah was describing how long a person has to nullify the vows, and it said that halachic day, if you remember, the example of the Mishnah is she makes a neder on Friday night, and the Mishnah says he has all of Friday night and all of Shabbos, all of Friday night. So it's clear from the Mishnah. You don't need Rav to tell me this. The Mishnah clearly states that you could do, that the husband can nullify vows at night. The Gemara says... Miss Nisani, it's our Mishnah. It's another Abalaili Shabbos. It said that she made a nether Friday night. She has Friday night and Shabbos day to nullify it. So you see, Friday night is an option. So Gemara said, okay, El Halacha Nishalom He didn't mean the husband can nullify a thousand because that's Pasha. He meant you could do Atar Sadarm with a Bezdin at night. And his point is to show you that it's not fundamentally working like a classic Bezdin. That's why you could do it at night. So the Gemara says, He said, Rav said this, because again, this is Rav being quoted by Rav Abba and Rav Huna. So when Rav Abba, so when, I'm sorry, Rav Huna is quoting Rav. So Rav Abba said to Rav Huna, Rav said this, you could do Atar Sadarm at night, like he said this. So I'm really, Ishtik, I'll go with, it's different Gersas, but I'll go with the Rashi's Gersa. He said, well, he didn't say it, but I said it in front of him and he was quiet. So, that's something. <laughs> he was quiet or he drank? Meaning, the fact that he's quiet, how do you know that that indicates that he's happy? Because sometimes quiet is agreeing, and sometimes quiet is sometimes quiet is just staying out of it. So, it's sometimes uh, in agreement to something, and sometimes it's staying out of out of an argument that doesn't necessarily you're taking sides. So how do you know that Rav, uh, how do you know that uh, Rav's opinion? So he says, Amr Rav Ika Bar Ovin is dokikle Rav le Rabba, go to the next page, Bekitna de Rav. He says, because Rav, I'll tell you how I know Rav actually held this way. Rav himself um, nullified the vow of Rabba in the Kitna de Rav, in the house of Rav. He, this is what he did. He, he nullified a vow Oymid, by standing, but he didn't sit down like any other court case. Yachid, he did it without a Bezdin of three, meaning he did it as a singular Rav. Ubalayla, and he did it at night. So the fact that I know that Rav did it, it wasn't just because he was quiet. He did it himself. He was Matu Nedarim at night. 
Okay. Amar Rabba, Amar Rav Nachman, Halacha, and what's the Halacha? Just to f- conclude this discussion. Nishalom Nedarim, you're allowed to do Ataris Nedarim by a rabbi. Oymid, the rabbi can be standing. Yechidi, he could be an, a singular person. He doesn't need a bezin of three. As long as he's uh, learned enough, he could do it on his own. Uba Laila, he could do it at night. Uba Shabbos, he could do it on Shabbos. Uba Kroivim, and you could do it with relatives. Obviously, on Shabbos, you could only do it if it's uh, things that are related to Onik Shabbos, but you could do it on Shabbos even if he could have gone to the person Erev Shabbos. Even if the person went on Shabbos purely out of convenience, he could have gotten there before Shabbos, we're still Makel. Okay. So, 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 so yeah. You as a, well, as a person, your, your wife makes a nether, you could break that you could stop. Yeah, not every nether, but yeah. Not every nether. That's the point also. Because how far is it? First of all, you're going to ask yourself if a husband can nullify, why are you ever going to a rabbi? So it's for two reasons. First of all, you can only nullify a vow for 24 hours. So if 24 hours pass, then you go to a rabbi. Also, number two, not all nadarim could a husband nullify. He could only nullify things that are related to him. And she made a nether against him. Or it's affecting their personal marriage, like relations. But if she says I'm making a nether, not to drink orange juice. He can't. He can't be made for that. What? He can't. He can't nullify that. He can't. Correct. Correct. That's that's a yeah exactly. That's something that people don't realize that the husband's ability to nullify the vow is not on all vows. It's only on vows that were meant as aggressions toward the husband. Husband, and according to some tanoim, if it affects their marital relations, if it affects their, and even that, it's a shaila of what does it mean? What if she says she's not going to groom herself? Oh, what if she says this? What if she says that? That's what it's. But if it's just like she says, I'm, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to the you, the birthday party next week. You can't, a husband can't nullify that. You'd have to go to a roof to do a tarzadarm like any other person. So is that because of knowledge? Because the word of the no, it's exerus The pasuk when it describes it says beinoi levena. Only nidorim that are affecting husband and wife, not just... Uh, it makes sense, because the husband can't... Uh, I, I don't know if it makes sense. The, the, it, shows, it limits the husband's power. I, the truth is, it makes sense. If the Torah would have said the husband can nullify all vows, I would have understood that too. But that, that, Okay, that's what the Mishnah says. That's the, that's the halachas. The Gemara says, Oymid, um, now... The halacha was that we said that you could be a rav can be do ataris adarim while standing. The question is, why is that allowed? Vatanya, but doesn't the brayse say yard rav gamliel menachamar v'nesatef yoshev v'hitel nidroi? Rav Gamliel was once traveling, and someone wanted to do ataris adarim. There's a whole ma'isa, and Rav Gamliel got off the donkey, sat down, put on a talis, and then did ataris adarim. So if you tell me you could do it standing, why is Rav Gamliel sitting down? So the answer is like this. Rav Gamliel savar poislim charot amiyaker another beinon ubayuni ahuri yoshev v'nachma savar in poislim charot v'afilim umed. This has to do with what we said yesterday, and that is, what does a rav need? We had a machlekes whether charata is legitimate pesach. Meaning, if a rav needs a regular pesach, which is he has to analyze the situation, he has to give a legitimate opening, he has to think of, well, did you see this? That takes thought. He has to sit down. Sitting down always gives Yishev Adas. If you hold the charat is all you need, which is the rabbi just says, do you regret? Yes, then it's fine. If you, if you, if we had yesterday with the arrow, if, 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 if you hold that charat is a legitimate option, then you could do so standing because it takes no uh, thought process. So the machloikas of whether you have to stand or sit, it just depends on what method do you hold that a rabbi is employing? If he's employing classic hataris nadarim, then he has to think about it, and it takes thought process. Then he has to sit down, which helps, you know, give uh, people focus. But if you hold that charot is enough, 
then you could do so standing. So Rav did it standing because he held charot is enough. You don't. The talus was, I, I think, uh, okay, so the talus is, so the talus is either, I, I think I saw this, that the talus was in order to, uh, like, to add ema, like gira, like, that's like, uh, covered for the, I think, like, the problem is over there, it kind of sounds like it's a bezin, because in bezin they would wear talisim. That was one of the halachas of bezin, you'd wear a talus. So, so the Gemara says like this, um, uh, okay, Amrle Ravler of Nachman, Chazi Meir Haimer Abon Rav said to Nachman, "Did you hear that there was a certain Rav? The Asma Rav came from Eretz Yisrael. Vomer is dokikli the Rabbon and lebrei the Rav Huna bar Avin, and he said over that the Rabbonon went over to Rav Huna bar Avin v'sharli nidri. So I guess Rav Huna bar Avin had a neder. The Rabbonon were mata the neder." But after their matter the neder, they said, "Zilu boy rachme al nafshecha." You have to go daven and do tshuva. Why? Dechatas, because you sinned. Meaning, the very fact that you made a neder, even if you do atar sedarim, that itself was an avera that you shouldn't have made a neder. So even after atar sedarim, you have to do tshuva. The tani rav dimi achud rav safra as rav dimi taught kol anoider anyone who makes a neder after bishem akayma, even if you're makayim the neder nikra chayta. So I think the chiddush to me this this is that even though you do atar sedarim and and it removes the neder. But it doesn't remove the thought process that led to the nether. Meaning, it's not like that's not tshuva. Tshuva, you still have to ask forgiveness for the process that led to the nether, which is the very fact that you made a nether is itself a sin. Even if the nether is removed, because I'll prove it to you. If you're mekayim, the nether is also a sin. What's the answer? Hashem doesn't want nedarim. So if you make a nether and then you do ataris nedarim, even if you do ataris nedarim, you still have to do tshuva. Okay, Amr is vid. Mikra, what's the pasuk that if you've mekayim a neder, it's still a sin? It says if you refrain from from making a neder, there's no sin. The implication is if you make a neder, even if you fulfill it, it's or do a tashdav, it's still a sin. Tanya. Okay, now it's interesting. Now the halacha is that when a husband is mefar the nedarim, he has to say a lashon of of uh, of mufar lechi. He has to use a lashon of. Of hafaras nedarim, it has to be a lashon. The Gemara says like this: If a person says to his wife lashonis that indicate that, but it's not the exact lashon, no good. Meaning, a person says to his, his wife, "Call nedarim shetaduri efsher shetaduri efsher shetaduri." He says, "Every nether you make, I can't stand that nether." So he clearly indicates that he doesn't want that nether to exist, but he never said the lashon of mufar. Or he said, "Ain za nether." Or he says, that's not another. Again, clearly trying to remove it, but not using the light, right? Lashon, no good. You have to use the Lashon of Mufar. But that's when it comes to removing a vow. Because removing a vow, you need the specific Lashon. But fulfilling the vow, being Mekayim the vow, that any indication that he's happy with the nether is all you need. See, Mekayim the nether, you don't need special Lashonis. Mekayim the nether, all you need is that he's, he's cool with it because he's not building anything. He's just basically signing off on her actions. Any indication that he's signing off is enough. But to remove the vow, there's a mechanics to it, and you have to use the right Lashon, which is Mufar Lechi or Bata Lechi. If you don't use those Lashonis, no good. But when it comes to Kim and Eder, if you say, Yafa Sisa, right, the white woman makes an Eder, and he says, you did good. Or, Enkem there's no one like you. Meaning, I'm, I'm very happy with what you did. Or if he says, if you wouldn't have made that Eder, I would have made it for you. Those are all ways of fulfilling a vow because it's clearly indicating that uh, that 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 he's interested in in what she did. Now, let's, like silence, what do you mean? He's not doing anything. He waits twenty four hours. It's Correct. Exactly. By kiyum nedarim, you don't need a special mechanism. You just have to basically not object. Now, 
the, the, the Gemara says, now here's the thing, so when it comes to Afaris Adarim, you have to say Mutar Leichi, you have to use that Lashon, if you use other Lashon, this is no good. The question is, what about Shabbos? So says the Gemara, Lo Yoymer Adam Leishter B'Shabbos Mufar Leichi, Bata Leichi, G'derech Shoyim Le'er B'chol. Uh, who is this? this is, uh, I think this is the Tanakama. The Tanakama is the Stam Brice. The Brice says, on Shabbos you should not use the Lashon. Why? Because it is Shabbos, and we try to avoid Ataris Nadarim and Afaris Nadarim, we don't use the to use the like the exact lotion. On Shabbos, what do you have to say? You just have to basically think that you want the nether to be removed and say something that basically is the antithesis to that nether. I'll give you an example. She makes a nether, she's not gonna drink orange juice. Uh, whatever, and, and it affects the relationship. I'm not getting uh, fine. But let's get the example. And he wants to be to be removed, nullify the vow. So on Shabbos, uh, during the week, he would say, "Mufar lechi." And then on Shabbos, he shouldn't say that because it's still Shabbos. He should speak differently. So what do you do? You think "Mufar lechi," and you offer her a cup of orange juice and say, "Drink." And obviously, assuming she understands that you didn't just forget, you clearly are indicating that you want the nether removed by offering her a drink of something she just ossered upon herself. But doesn't he have to say something? He says, take this to drink. And that, coupled with the thought, is enough. On Shabbos. Does she have to know that he's thinking it? Uh, the Gemara says he has to think it, but I don't know how they prove that. I guess Rabbanim afterwards will ask him. that during the week. That's not the Correct. Yeah. So he says, He says to her, go and eat, or go and drink. Then the nether is removed. It, it, it's, it's interesting. It's, by the way, the, the Rashi says, why is it that it picks a case of drinking? It's because we said before that we, we like to do hafaras the Dharam on Shabbos, only things related to Shabbos. So you pick food and drink because that, that affects Shabbos. Um, Rav Yochanan. But Rav Yochanan says the husband has to think in his mind that he wants to be mavatalit. How you prove that, I have no idea. But in addition to saying that, he has to actually think it as well. So the Gemara says, Tanya, Beishamai says, on Shabbos, you think it and say drink. On during the week, you have to say, Mufar Lechi. That's what we had before. Beishel disagrees with the whole premise. They say, why do you have to use a special Lashon of Mufar Lechi? Forget that. Shabbos and we do are the same. You think you want to be mavatle, and you say a lashon that indicates that the neder is gone. That's that's good. So Beis Hillel feels that even during the week you could offer her a drink and just in your mind think you're being mavatle, and that's all you need to do. The Gemara continues. Okay, we'll we'll end with this. Again, you have a, a husband says a lashon of mufar, and a rabbi says a lashon of mutar. Because he's doing hataras nedarim and he's doing hafaras nedarim, so the husband says mufar, the rabbi says mutar. The question is, what if they reverse it? What if the husband uses a lashon of mutarloch and the rabbi says a lashon of mufarloch? So the Gemara says, no good. If the chacham uses a lashon of a baal, so the chacham uses the lashon of hafaras nedarim, or baal shamar belashon chacham, or a husband uses the lashon of a chacham. It doesn't work because they're using different, uh, it's like mechanisms. It's like it's like typing in the wrong website. It just doesn't work. The husband has the right to do hafaras adarim, not ataras adarim. The rabbi has do, the right to do ataras adarim, not hafaras adarim. Use the wrong lashinus. It just doesn't accomplish anything. The Gemara says, Detanya, we'll, we'll, we'll do the price quickly. Maybe tomorrow we'll review it. Zeha davar, the pastor says, this is the method, right? This is the method of removing nadarim. 
Meaning there has to be specifically zehat avar, like it has to be as stated in the Torah. Hachacham matir vein habal matir. The chacham says hataras darim and not the husband. Sheyachal, because you might think umachacham shein mefer matir. You might think because the chacham does not have the right to annul a vow, right? Annulling is like obliterating it. Annulling is like a more powerful. Meaning, who has more power? You think the husband has more power because he could just annul the vows like that. He doesn't have to go to a rabbi. Doesn't have to go a whole process. So you might think that if the husband can nullify the vow, he definitely can do hataras in the darim. Kamash no. No, he can't. And you might think, or if the husband definitely can use the lotion of Atara because Atara is not as powerful as Afara. Tamalomer, go on the next page. Nope, no good. And the opposite. The opposite. If a Chacham uses a lotion of Afara, it's no good. You might think, you might think that the Chacham, who's more powerful? The Chacham. Because he could remove the vow a month later, he could v- remove every vow. So you might think he definitely should be able to use the lashon of annulment. No, you have to actually use the methodology employed by each person. I will stop it. Opposite. Mefer and the husband says. Correct.